The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cap Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Cap Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Podcast. Uh, I did not go to West Virginia. I feel good. I got to tell you guys, first game uh, I've watched from the comfort of my home since 1994. And I don't even don't ask me what game it was because the Aloha Bowl I was at the in-laws, so I don't it wasn't that one. But that was like the last game I didn't regularly attend, and then had a couple misses in there. Since then, uh, watching K-State football at home kind of sucked. Do they always play that bad when you watch at home? Or I, I, I mean, I feel like when I go to the games, generally they're competitive. But I watched at home, and they weren't competitive. Anyhow, Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, Zach Carlson. Uh, if you don't know, I, I'm taking road games off this year for health reasons, uh, which might be mental health after the trauma suffered by all who attended K-State's so-called performance at West Virginia. Do we get to take games off for mental health? If they lose at Baylor, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the next road game. Of course, K-State returns home to uh, play a Texas team that suddenly looks like a Texas team. Texas is back, folks. They're back. They might actually be back. Yeah. We'll see. We'll find out. Um, I don't know. And I'm not sure what's going on with Kansas State. That's, that was ugh. This is not a good football team. Just, just execution issues, Fitz. Just execution issues. Yeah. Consistency. Yeah. If they keep playing this way, I'm going to want someone to execute me so I don't have to watch any more of it. This is not a good football team. This is not a team that is bowl-worthy or going to be able to accomplish bowl eligibility playing this way, and they better damn well turn it around real soon. Texas at Baylor, Oklahoma State, got to win at least two of those three. Got to. Because then you go to Oklahoma and TCU and back-to-back, and you're going to lose those. And then you have a little bit more manageable games in there, although all of a sudden Texas Tech looks real. Hmm. This is is not good. Because, guys, the thing about K-State football is even when they're getting beat – Typically, now there's there's some outliers in there, an Oklahoma game here and a TCU game there, maybe. But typically, they're in the game in the fourth quarter. Even if it feels like it's a three-touchdown game, you look up and go, hey, it's ten points. And then they kick a field goal, hey, it's seven points. So. That's good. That was odd. Was that my phone or your phone? That was your phone because you're the only one without an iPhone, and iPhones don't make that noise. But my phone's muted. That was your phone. I think, unless it was Wasn't Zach. mine. My phone's on the table. Mine's I swear vibrate. it was my phone, but my phone is muted. Sometimes they still produce sound on certain things. I, I guess know. so. I, I guess so. Anyhow, uh, what is 
not bad. How's that for a ring endorsement? What is good is the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, our sponsor of the PowerCap podcast. They've been doing it now for 116 years consecutive. It's been 84 years. It's, they've been with us for a very, very long time. Is that the Titanic, that gif? I, it's I, been 84 years? Yes, I okay, think it that's is. That's what I thought. I think it, it is. But... Uh, Get into the fridge. You're coming to town. 2.30 kick on Saturday. Perfect time. Slip into the fridge. Load up the cooler. Get to the tailgate party. Be the star of your party because all of your alcohol is fresh off the booze tree. Just plucked off the vine right there at the fridge at the corner of Claflin and Westport. Plucked off the booze. Is there a Boulevard Wheat Tree somewhere that I don't know about? Because if there is, somebody is going to have to pay for not telling me about it. There probably is, yeah. I think they they do grow that on trees. It's all natural. All natural. And our first segment is brought to you by Tanners. If for some reason you are not going to the game and are in Manhattan, Kansas on Saturday, you should probably just go right down to Tanners. Probably would be better than going to the game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yes, you don't have to sit in the elements, and uh, you know what? I've, and there's other games on. <laughs> yeah, there's other games on in case you need it. And if they're uh, not playing well at halftime, you don't have to get up and leave to go to Aggieville. You're already in Aggieville. Tanner's right there at the corner of 12th and Morrow, my favorite sports bar to watch a game in. Although I didn't watch a game on Saturday, thought that'd be weird not to go on the road and then go to a sports bar. Well, considering you kind of had to work. I still did work. I had to put up all your yeah. stuff. That worked pretty well, actually. Because, <laughs> you know, when you go on the road, uh, and, and particularly West Virginia is a perfect example, you're staying in Pittsburgh because there's no hotels to be found uh, in Morgantown, at least not at really? a reasonable price. No. Uh, Morgantown's like Manhattan in the 1980s. They don't have enough hotel space. Uh, everything's a little bit behind the times in terms of appearance and stuff. They haven't caught up. The Big 12 money hasn't really sunk into the community. It's beginning to get into the athletic facilities now. They built a new hotel in town that apparently West Virginia as a team is staying at instead of the old hotel that K-State took over, and and I'm told it sucked. So when your former best hotel is bad, that's Manhattan in the 80s, right? Sure. Yeah. So what would that be then? Like what was in the 80s that was the best? Holodome. Okay, what was the second best? Jeez, I don't know. You think people stay? I would Super stay in eight? Topeka. Yeah. If I was a visiting media, I would oh. stay in Topeka. Because hotels here are outrageous on game weekends. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, probably would have been. Ramada. <clears throat> yeah, it would have been the Ramada second best. Third best, oddly enough, probably was uh, the hotel that's now abandoned there on Tuttle Creek Boulevard down from Vista. The, oh, Ugh. the place. Where, that, I mean, uh, that, back then that wasn't that. It wasn't uh. It just the they didn't Econo do it. Lodge. Yeah, whatever it became. It's and where cops sit to try to pick you off for speeding. Had a. I remember we had a, a party, fraternity party there one time. It was a rocking event. Anyhow, this is uh, the Powercat podcast, and we're going to dive into questions. Probably a little heated this it's, week. Yeah, the first half will be fine. The first half is all about on the field things. Okay, a little. The sp- second half is very. Um, State of the program. So, oh, so what we're telling we're people. We're going to talk football here. What we're telling people is to go ahead and fast forward to the second half. I guess we could could have started with the second this half. This is kind of like the first half we're going to relive the trauma. You're just going to get out of the way. Okay, let's do it. Here's Zach Carlson. From I Like Pickles Cat, 
Why does this slow start feel so different? Losing to top 25 teams isn't new, but it feels so much worse now. Because K-State sucks. They're not competitive. They're not competitive at all. They're not even close to being competitive. 31-10 to 10 to Mississippi State, and it was worse than that. 35-6 to 6 to West Virginia, and it was worse than that. Right? Yeah. I mean, and a lot of times you'll play a top 25 team and you'll lose 31-21, and you'll go, well, that wasn't as bad as I thought. These are actually worse than than what they look like. And you can you can have those games and say, well, yeah, but, you know, we had an off day. I mean, look at us in week one. Look at us in week three. That's what you can usually say. But you want to say that now? Oh, yeah, look at us in week one. We barely beat South Dakota. Look at us in week three. We played a, one of the worst teams in all of college football. So they haven't had a week to hang their hat on yet, and that's what's kind of frustrating. And, you know, usually you watch K-State play, and then you're thinking – no, they're not that far off, and they're not. They they fix some things. They get better as the season goes, and lo and behold, they win seven, eight games. They're in a bowl game. This year, you're looking at them like, holy crap, they got a lot of ground to cover before they're even competitive. And we'll see if they can cover some of that ground before they play Texas. Also from I Like Pickles Cat, did Skyler audible out of the quarterback sneak to the option, or was that from the sideline? Was that enough to make Bill so upset, so upset with Skyler? You know, I was – I kind of wanted to ask Coach today, but there were so many other questions being asked. And he billabustered big He time. did, and we ran out of time, so I didn't really get around to getting to ask it, unfortunately. But I'm still not convinced that he made the call by himself. Maybe he did. I don't think he went up and, and did it completely 100%. I think maybe they said to him, think about audibling out of it. Um, I, I, and watch the tape. He looks at the side real quick, even if it's just for a second. I don't mind an audible. Not to that. Yeah, that was bad audible. I mean, that's just – But I'll, What I don't understand is he started in shotgun. Yeah. Damn it, line up and run the ball. If you want to talk about – you don't want to coach a team that can't pick up six inches, then line up in your power formation and run the freaking ball. If you don't think Skyler can do it, put in Alex to take that snap and run the ball. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they're they going to know what's coming. Why not put in the better runner? Right. Um, and I don't understand why it pissed off coach that much. Look, I understand it's a big moment in the game, but it's some, he made a mistake, okay? If he did make the decision by himself, it was a really bad decision to audible out of it, and then he made, well, I'm not going to say a bad pitch. I mean, both of the options on that were bad. Um, but, like, it's no different than a wide receiver dropping a pass or a lineman missing a block, things like that. Skyler just got put in a more bright spotlight, and because of it, you're now eternally pissed off at him. Look, I I hardly ever really vehemently disagree with Bill Snyder, but him standing behind his decision to go for it there, and we talked about this via text message during the game, there's no way in hell after not picking up on third down do I go for it on fourth down. There, you're down 7 nothing. six minutes left in the second quarter at that point? Yeah, give or take. Punt the freaking ball. Punt it. Oh, no, it was less than six because they turned the ball over in one minute and 21 seconds after that. And then they got it with 57 seconds. So there's probably like three minutes left. Uh, I think it was a little more. Three or four. But just punt the ball. Try to pin them back. Your defense is playing okay. It's only 7 nothing. You've given up the one home run. Just try to get to halftime and regroup because what happened at halftime, they came out and they moved the ball. 
They came out and actually looked okay for a while. Yeah. But at that point, they're down 21 to nothing. Look, I'm not a big gambler, but I do play some blackjack. They doubled down on a six against a face card. Don't do it, man. You got to know when to take your gambles, and that was a miscalculated gamble, and I will disagree with Coach all day, not because you don't ever go for it. I would say K-State football almost always goes for it, but not when your offense has been that dysfunctional. Somehow you're only down 7 nothing. You're getting the opening kickoff of the second half, and you just want to get to halftime. And, he, and that decision, because here's why. Maybe it be, it's still 21 to nothing. Maybe it's 14 or 10 to nothing at halftime. But you made it damn easy to be 21 to nothing because you gave a good opponent good field position again, kicked the ball, just play the long game, get to halftime, regroup. And I'm telling you, if you get that game to halftime at 7 to nothing, you get the ball and you go down and score a touchdown, you didn't just tie the game. West Virginia's like, what the hell is going on? We're kicking their ass. And look at the scoreboard. I I, really, I disagree. He made it sound like he's going to go for it every time. And even if you go for it 80% of the time, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, that was the time you don't go for it in my book. Right then. You didn't pick it up. You weren't good enough to pick it up on third down. Why risk that? Why? I don't get it. From Wildcat Wabash, based off of the press conference, it seems painfully obvious that Snyder wants Delton to be the quarterback. What are the odds he's starting next week? Seems pretty high. Strong. Well, well let's be honest here. K-State Online, our competition has posted to their customers. Someone put it up on Twitter that that uh, Alex will start. I, I don't know. It seems seems out of character for Coach to announce on a Monday who's starting, but Maybe he's just made up well, his mind. Did he necessarily announce it to the team, or did he tell Alex and Skyler and word leaked? Well, that'd, that I mean, that'd be weird if that happened. Man, that's bad if you get that leak. But I mean, anyhow, um, so that's out there. I I would guess he'll start. Um, setting aside whether Skyler or Alex is a better quarterback, I think coach is looking at this like. Alex's ability to run might be well-suited against that Texas defense. Uh, yeah, against the Texas run defense that hasn't given up 200 yards um, to an opponent this season and held USC to negative five. Well, USC didn't have very good players. <coughs> they, no, they can't recruit. Uh, you can't recruit to L.A. It's a bold time. strategy, Cotton. I'll just put it that way. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Also from Wildcat Wabash, why is Coach so hard on Skyler? He's an incredible passer and has no weapons on offense to work with. I don't have an answer for this. I don't get it. He's never been that. Oh, ex- yeah. I mean. Not 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 particular Snyder 2.0, but, man, Snyder 1.0 would. No, I, I just meant on Skyler. Yeah. I, I don't get it. Even last year after Oklahoma State, he I mean, he praised him, obviously, but. He wasn't. Does he just not like him? <laughs> I don't. I, I. I wonder if there's things going on here that we don't quite get. There that, has to be that it's pre-stamp decisions and that kind of thing. So that we're not seeing because statistically it wasn't a bad performance. The offensive line played better. They want to claim. I don't see it. Numbers. Okay. 
I don't care if you hit the right chip block on a third down or whatever. That doesn't mean you played better. It might mean it plays better to you. To me, you only played better if you got good numbers on the sheet. Because that's what, that's what you're there for. Zach Reuter's a great kid. Wonderful kid. But you can't be on the field just because you're good at downfield blocking. They're not even getting downfield to, to block anyone. If you're going to drop a ball in the back of the end zone, man, someone else needs to be on the field. Period. It, period. I, it's very frustrating to watch what's going on. From Sir Wright, would you blame Thompson transferring at season's end if Delton takes over starting role? I wouldn't. Not so. I, I would. I would blame him if it was just you know, hey Skyler, you've been playing poorly. We're gonna go with Alex instead. I would blame him then because like, it's. It doesn't. Oh, you don't have a whole lot of reason other than oh I want to play, but the way it sounds. Kellis Robinette's story that he put out uh, not long before we started taping this, that Snyder went over the head of the coordinators and he didn't give anybody any sign of, you know, heads up or, hey, Skyler, we're going to do this. The way the whole situation's been handled makes me think, look at the situation and go, yeah, I wouldn't blame him if he transferred. Would you want to be in a system where you don't even get the decency to be told, Hey, we're gonna roll with something else until it happens. Like that, you had the entire defensive possession to go up to Skyler and say something. And if he really got, you know, treated the way he did, that it's being reported, I, I think that's pretty cut and dry right there. Okay, well, I'm gonna take this a bigger picture. Kids transfer a lot more now than they used to, so it wouldn't surprise me if anyone transfers. But from the sounds of things, there's going to be a wide-open transfer market at the end of this year because the receiver at Oklahoma State's a perfect example. K-State didn't have many players who played as true freshmen. Bill Snyder just doesn't do that very often. But now we're going to find out that there's players, uh, such as the receiver at Oklahoma State, and his name is totally... Jalen McCluskey. Yeah. Um, who did not redshirt, has played four games this season, and under the new rule, he can still redshirt. So he played four games, realized coach isn't using me right. I'm out of here. I'm sitting out the rest of the season, using my red shirt, and fifth-year transferring somewhere else. It's kind of cold-blooded. But, you know, it's in the rules. The NCAA then, again, didn't think things all the way through. They should have applied that rule only to true freshmen. <clears throat> but that is the rules, and there you go. True freshmen are transfers. Like a JUCO transfer type thing. Yeah. I'd be cool with that. From Wildcat Will 41, what are your thoughts on Snyder's comment? I can't coach a team that can't get six inches on a play. Is this a jab more at the coordinators or the players? I thought the comment was way. I thought it was a very tough comment, but I thought people made a bigger deal of it than it is. Okay. He walked it back today. He walked or it back Tuesday. today, but I don't even think he needed to walk it back. Honestly, I don't blame him for saying what he said because. You know, I, I know, and it goes back to what you were saying earlier about the whole, you know, if you can't get it on third down, why are you trusting a team to run on fourth down? I get that. But also as a coach, I don't care if you haven't moved the ball an inch on three straight downs. You should still have the faith in your team, you know. get You, you can get this. It's six inches, okay? And I would have been more alarmed by him going to the press conference and saying, you know, we thought about going it for there on that fourth and inches, but we hadn't been moving the ball 
And I, I didn't trust the offensive line to get the job done. I would have been more alarmed by that because I think that shows he's losing trust. You know, I think that this – I think it, it gave him the opportunity to say, look, I, I trust in my players. I feel we have a good enough group to get the job done. And they didn't. Um, could it have been maybe worded differently? Sure. But also sometimes sometimes play, players need to get called out too, Okay. Coaches get a lot of the roast, but players need to get roasted too, and they failed. Plain and simple, they did not do their job on that play. So I didn't mind it. I, everything he's saying now is post-mortem. I mean, now it's, I showed faith in you, I'll show faith in you in the future. But I'm telling you, if Texas has been having their way with K-State and five minutes before halftime, they're faced by the same fourth down at midfield, he's going to punt it. Yeah. He's going to punt it. He he went against the the risk reward ratio was so out of whack. The reward of getting that was tangible. He mentioned today going down the field and scoring, and my my immediate thought was, what the hell during that first half made you think you were going to move the ball another fifty yards and pick up seven points? I didn't see any indication that that was taking place. The risk was that they were going to get the ball in the short field, score, uh, and maybe get the ball back and score again, which is exactly what happened to him. 7 nothing, 21 nothing, game over. From GT Cat, at this rate the offense is going, are you surprised that we aren't seeing more out of the wide receiver too deep? Since nothing's really worked to date with many of them trying – with many of them able to help the quarterback by getting open, surely it can't get any worse to try some other options, right? That makes sense to you. Might make sense to me. But in Bill Snyder's world, you just keep practicing and you get a little bit better and you get a little bit better and then you'll be better and you'll be good enough. Just get better. You know, and it's just this incremental improvement instead of going to someone else altogether. Now, that's not particularly true at the quarterback position, apparently. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen some more guys. He, some, one area that I think we might see a change Saturday, returners. I have a feeling we're going to see someone else back on kickoffs. Duke Shelley's attitude got him pinned at the seven or whatever. Yeah, he's making some bad decisions Good call, back Duke. there. He's not real dynamic. I mean, he's, out, he's, he's fast, but... He didn't have that T.J. Reed sense of the field. So who do they go to? I don't know. I mean, I Isaiah guess. Harris, they kind of, they, didn't they put him back once? And Oh, he, you meant, sorry, you meant Turner. Yeah. yeah. I think they had him back there. Yeah. Maybe they could try him back as the main guy. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm kind of shocked that they haven't gone to a little bit of a two deep, but also like on the two deep, who do you trust? I trust putting Sebastian Taylor out there. I'll trust putting Isaiah Harris out there, although it, actually off the top of my head, yeah, he's only too deep. But, okay, Dalton Schoen can't get the job done. Isaiah Zuber may not get the job done on a play, so what do you want to do? You want to go to Landry Weber? I, I don't like that. I don't like doing that at all. I don't think he can create separation. Um, I don't know. I think the wide receiver core is a lot worse than we had anticipated. From Wildcat Will 41, bigger issue, receivers getting open or offensive line? Potato, potato. It's all working together or not working together. Yeah. It's all, they're not good enough in anything they're doing right now, and it's added up to blah. 
It might be receivers on one play and line on the next play and running back pass protection on the next play and the quarterback not getting the right read on the next play. And it, there's four plays in a row that they stunk. Honestly, it's almost like magnets of, of opposite force right now. Like, it seems like every time the offensive line gets a good pass block, the receivers can't get open. And then every time the receivers get open, the offensive line has completely blown a block and and Skyler's on his back. It's just it's a mess, and it's so annoying right now. From Canelio, have you ever seen the talent level this depleted in the Snyder era? No. Not well, not. In not 2.0, for sure. No. No, that and that's the thing that we misdiagnosed. Um, they just haven't had guys step up. They always have had guys step up. Now maybe Zuber has stepped up, but nobody stepped up to be Zuber. That's the key. You know, DJ Reed stepped in one day and took over at cornerback. So Duke Shelley was there as the number two guy. Well, Duke Shelley was thrown into the top role, and Duke Shelley is doing fine. It's okay now. But who's coming in after that? They're not there. A.J. Parker is so up and down. Yeah. I know this. A.J. Parker is not a nickelback. And, you know, Jonathan Durham came in. He wasn't even supposed to play. Yeah. They they put him into the game and um hell of a play by JD by the way. Yeah. Um I don't we'll see if he's healthy enough to go. I, but I don't, I don't it, it's a mess. It they that's the problem. Their front line is okay. It's passable, but they're already into injuries in the depth and it's not. It's not. They could they had two tight ends, one got hurt. Now they really don't have a second tight end that believe in it's it's they've there's a lot of things that need to change and I I go back to what Ryan Wallace the deep analysis on recruiting that he shared for the subscribers at goparacat.com that was in depth thoughtful thorough outlining all the problems they have and how they go about recruiting they've got to change their ways in recruiting. They're just not getting their bases covered. There's too often they're settling on the recruiting trail. Or, honest to God, they're not looking for the right things. Hey, we could form one hell of a Boy Scout troop on this team. But I don't know how good of a football team they are. For my like Bickles cat, did Winston Dimmel cover up a lot of the sins of the offensive line last year in the run game? Now, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say this. Now, maybe you did a little bit. But I'm going to say this. Those two coordinators were maligned by K-State fans. But their veteran understanding of the nuances of calling schemes and plays covered up a lot of things. We're going to run the quarterback run game over and over and over. He always runs a quarterback because it was the only thing that was working. They, they, they showed up to a gunfight with two bullets. So they just kept using the same bullets. I don't know. Is that possible? I don't think that's possible. No. no. That metaphor went. I mean, if they were rubber bullets. That, that analogy just went in the can real fast. They just didn't have many bullets in their gun, and they had to do the same thing over and over and over. Defensively, it was maddening, but it kept them in games. They weren't alone on a corner with A.J. Parker in single coverage. And apparently no safety. I couldn't. I, not this is where not being at the game hurts me. I couldn't see the field. Um, man, boom, ninety some yards, whatever it was on that 
two, three play drive, touchdown. That's not that's exactly what Tom Hayes was trying to prevent at all times. Drove us crazy. But I don't know. I'm not gonna. I, obviously, I'm not saying that I take pleasure in the fact that Casey Dolphins is struggling because yeah. I don't at all. But hey, who you know? I guess this is what you, this is what you have to realize that Dana Dimmel was not that bad of a coordinator, and maybe he knew what he was doing. Yep. From Jim Cat, down 35 to three in the fourth quarter. What purpose is served by kicking a field goal? Thank you. There is no point. You're not even covering the back door. getting the back door cover at that point. Is that really what we're, what we're covering now? I'm just like, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. Fine, Blake Lynch got an extra rep. Woohoo! I don't, I don't, I don't know. Just, just roll the freaking dice, man. You score a touchdown, awesome. You don't shoot. You hit a field goal. Hey, I guess we lost by three points less. I mean, you're takes away two-point conversions that you can miss, I guess, but that's about it. That's literally the only benefit. Never give up. Never give up. <sighs> From Wildcat Will, 41, are we giving West Virginia's defense enough credit? They seemed pretty darn fast on Saturday. I don't think anybody's not giving them credit. I just think the bigger story here wasn't West Virginia's defense shut K-State down. It was K-State's offense is completely inept. Well, and... I I think it's easy to say measured against K State's talent level right now, other teams look a lot faster, look a lot bigger. A player keeps coming to uh, media opportunities. I'm not going to name who it is, and I I look at them and I'm thinking, really? Because I don't think people at your position look this way at other Big Twelve schools. I'm just a little surprised. I just don't. I think it's time to realize that this isn't an overly talented team. Yeah, there's some great players on it. Hell, I watched the the greatest K-State football player I had watched until Bill Snyder arrived was Gary Spaney, and his team stunk. But he was great. There's great players on this team. Some very good ones. There's not enough. And, folks, it's time to look at them and say, for the first time in a long time, this is not a well-coached team. Whatever they're saying isn't turning up on the field, and I'm not sure why. From Canelio, does Bill put out a 2010 Colin Klein special and run Delton 30 times for the Texas game? I mean, he can, but it's going to get shut down. I don't know. Like, Colin and Alex aren't the same runner no. at all. Well, plus it wouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. That caught Texas so by surprise. Look, I love Alex as a runner, and he can throw the ball fine, but... So many times he'll drop back in the pocket, and then he'll do that. He has a good pocket. It's a safe pocket. And he'll run out of it, and he's already nine yards deep. And then by the time he runs seven to eight yards forward, that's great. He's run seven to eight yards, but he's not even back to the line of scrimmage yet. Mm -hmm. I I just – you can't run the quarterback draw 40 times. He'll snap in half. For my like pickles, Cat, how long should we be patient with Andre Coleman? Hmm. I don't feel comfortable putting the blame, you know, saying, man, this offense sucks because it's Andre Coleman. But also at the same time, this is essentially the same offense and a different coordinator. So I don't know where you draw that line. I don't know where you say at this point, 
it becomes the coordinator's fault at this point. It becomes the player's fault. Um, I mean, you got to wait the whole year before you make a solid judgment on it. I mean, yeah, you want to see a lot more immediate results, but also to want to jump ship five games in or whatever yeah. is just not fair. Yeah, it's four games in. It's been bad, but, hey, you know, maybe he'll find his footing and get everyone on. I, I don't just don't think it – the problem here isn't just that they're not calling good plays. I don't think they're fine-tuned. And, I mean, preparation comes into that. So, we'll see. Last question of the first half from David W. Katz. Is the fact that we have turned the season around the last couple of years a hindrance to actually doing it? They seem to be resigned that it will happen. That's I interesting. Mean, that's a great point. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of the mindset they're in. I mean, someone I, I posted on Twitter on Saturday, you know, we're 2-2. Two and two. I had this team at 3-1 and one at this point, although it was a lot different 3-1 and one than this football team. Where do you guys see this team finishing? And someone replied, and they said, I see us starting 3-6 and six, and then rattling off three wins at the end of the year to make it to a bowl game. And I said, you know what? I mean, it seems very plausible to me that they could do that. And that's probably what they're starting to think, you know? I don't care what they say on the record. Players look at the schedule and they go, we're not beating Oklahoma. We're not beating TCU. Like, they may not say it out loud, but they say it in their head. Um, And it works before, you know? You found a way to rattle off those three wins. But, man, I all I know is is they've got to win two out of three here. I really believe that. they got to get – between Texas going to Baylor and coming home playing Oklahoma State, and might be the other two. You might lose to Texas Saturday. Then you got to win the other two. You better be two and four at worst when you get into that final stretch of KU, Tech, and Iowa State. You can win all three of those. Although Tech's pretty damn good, and that's my fear is that they are three and six at that point. And the reality is you're not going to beat Tech even in Manhattan because Tech just won in Stillwater. Oklahoma State might be down. They've looked pretty good so far this year. But they took them to school. Texas Tech has a quarterback controversy because of injury, and I think that the starter is going to lose his job. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's insane. He's already lost his job. But most scary, they played good defense. Yeah. What? Yeah. Lovely. And by the way, in case you don't know, Texas Tech is playing a true freshman quarterback who skipped his – spring semester high school to come to spring practice has run this system for two years in high school he's 12 years old he's 12 his mom and dad have to come to practice should i fact check that don't don't fact check anything i say okay got it 12 that it that's it man that was good yeah it is long second half well that's 15 questions Man, second half is going to get, I think. I'm telling you what, folks, if you're listening to the Powercat podcast right now, you just got your money's worth. (laughs) Technically, yes. Yeah. Technically, yes. Technically, we could suck and you're getting your money's worth because it's a free podcast. If you thought that was great, drop 50 cents in an envelope and send it to Zach Carlson. P.O. Box 1001, Manhattan, Kansas. A quarter, a dime. Help Zach Carlson. Feed the hungry. He did a great job of reading questions there. Didn't screw up once. You folks don't know how many times you got to fix Zach's screw-ups. <laughs> that's, that's rare. 
Uh, don't fact check that one either. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. The Powercat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. And that uh, first half, of course, brought to you by Tanners. The Powercat Podcast continues shortly. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus they're back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. We now return to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast, sponsored by Fritz Wholesale Liquor here at the uh, World Headquarters, the new World Headquarters. Coach Snyder sent me a very nice note um, about my health, and it went to the old World Headquarters. So I didn't get it till last week, but he sent it. Oh, is that what you were talking about that yeah. right there? We were like, Coach opened the door, and we could hear him. Yep. We couldn't see him. And then we heard Fitz. We were talking cancer, not 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 the horoscope sign. That'd be weird. That's me. Are you? Mm-hmm. Uh, lame. Lame. God, having cancer is lame now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second half of the podcast is brought to you by. This is you. This is your Wahoo Fire and Ice Grill. I got it right this week. You sure did. Good for you. Wahoo. I was in there on a Saturday night. Stopped in. Saturday night? Nah, Friday night, excuse me. Stopped in for a late night drink, although I didn't have a drink. I was the designated driver. Guys, I'm not real good at the designated driver assignment. It's boring. Yes. Yes, it's boring. And uh, I wanted to participate in the reindeer games, and I felt like Rudolph. I was not invited to do so. I had to stay sober. At one point, I was like, I'm going to drive home, park the car, take an Uber, and come back down and game on. And then I hem-hawed around for like 10 minutes. I'm like, ah, screw it. You know, I could have been home now and an Uber all the way back down. But now I'm still here just watching you drink. With a red nose. With a red nose. (laughs) Damn it. Man, I, I mean... That's like the first story you learn as a child that involves body shaming. <laughs> the, not, the fellow Pinocchio? reindeer shamed him for being an oddity. It's just tough when you go out with your friends and they're all drinking and you're like, ah, I can't. Or I don't want to. Or not, not necessarily don't want to, but like when you're trying to be smart, like you were, obviously trying to be a DD. 
I've had instances where friends come down on a Friday night before game and they ask me to go out and I was like, okay, well, I mean, I'll go out with you, but I'm not going to, you know, drink right. like you drink right, because right. I'm trying to have a at work tomorrow and then it, you're awkwardly standing in a bar where everybody's hammered and you're like i want to go home. and you're like this is i'm just i'm not just i'm just not feeling it see i was caught on the in-between we went out and uh, we went to a fine aggieville restaurant i'll just say it they're friends with all of our sponsors celtic star had a little food there my wife and her sister had some drinks that that was the plan then we decided to go say hi to the friend our friends at wahoo so we walked down tomorrow and went to wahoo and you know they had a drink, and then they wanted another one, and I'm like, oh, man. I know where this is going. Golly. <sighs> hey, I got good news for everyone out there. I learned today that Aggieville had stopped doing the the buses from Aggieville out to the football stadium this year because Adabus is running out of the park. Well, I guess it hasn't gone so well, and the Aggieville businesses decided they want the buses back, so they have Banded together again. So buses will be rolling from Aggieville to the stadium on Saturday. So you can get down to Aggieville, do your pre-gaming. What's the weather supposed to be like Saturday? Do we know? I haven't even looked. Might be raining. Yes, you may ask really? Siri real quick. So, yeah, why don't you look it up there hey, on Siri. the... Uh, uh, hey, Siri. What is the weather on Saturday? Tell us. Looks like it will be cloudy in Manhattan Saturday. The high will be 71 degrees and the low will be 57. Hmm. Beautiful. That's nice, Siri. Thanks. She doesn't recognize your voice. Oh, that's right. Because you're not an iPhone guy. No, I'm not. He's about to be, though. I'm, I'm beginning to consider it. We're going to get him. Once I win $1,200 in a lottery. <laughs> Just $1,200. There's $1,200. <laughs> Spend it all on a phone. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, if you liked going to Aggieville before the game, it's 2.30 kick. Get down there. You can have a little lunch. That's my kind of tailgating. I'm not a tailgater, guys. I don't want to stand around in a parking lot. You know what I would do if I was down there what? for a pregame? Yeah. I would go to Tanner's, and I would eat, have a drink or two. Then I would move down to uh, Wahoo. Wahoo? And I would mm -hmm. do some mini beer shots mm -hmm. there and have some fun. And then I would go into the high-low and yeah. grab a slice of pizza for my way out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's the problem I have with that. One time I had um, uh, Royals tickets, and they weren't just Royals tickets. They were uh, Diamond Club tickets, four of them, uh, and it was a rain delay game. So I was standing down the plaza, and we started a pregame at one bar, and the rain delay was going on, so we moved our pregame to another bar. By the time they decided to play the game, we were all too drunk to drive, uh, and we ended up not ever using. You burned Diamond Club tickets. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. the game started like two hours late. Shit. <laughs> you could have just gotten... You could have just gotten drunk for the same price at Kaufman. <laughs> I know. I It wasn't... See, this is the problem, guys. Uh, I'm like a race car that has no brakes. Man. What? <laughs> you get me up to speed. I ain't slowing down, brother. Yeah, nothing's slowing down. I'm going to keep going until I hit a wall. Fair. I, that was a good metaphor. That was not like the two bullet crap I yeah, tried that, earlier. Yeah, you lumped through that one. Uh, so get into uh, Wahoo if you get a chance when you're in town. They're great. Hey, the Raiders are signing Matthew McCrane. Matthew McConaughey? Shut up. 
Really? He's from yeah. Texas? Sorry, I don't mean to. Hold on. Did you say the Raiders? Yeah. So now we have two K-State players on the Raiders? Yep. Ah, oh, for God's sake. Thanks. Shout out to Jordy Nelson for helping me win my fantasy game this weekend. So that's four K-Staters in the Bay Area. Yep. That's true. For the time being. For the time being. Here we go. More questions from Wabash Station. Uh, Rallygate says this is more touchy-feely crap. It is Bill Snyder-esque. Oh, here we go. Here's Zach. From Imonica. This question is in reference to the Reed Niver tweet. How much truth is there in it? It seems like Bill almost has a nostalgia for the old days and has been unable to move outside that way of thinking. Why has Bill not kept up with the times and how football has changed? Look. Do you want me to read the tweet? Yes, but let me let me point this out. I was astonished by the tweet, not simply because it was a former player. This dude was on the coaching staff last year as a student assistant coach. He was in the press box. He was in the coaching booth. He had actual input into the game. And then he tweeted this after the game. I have no reason to dispute anything he said. He has since deleted the tweet, but it lives on for those of us smart enough to screenshot it, including Riley Gates. Reed Nivar tweeted, at K-State football, when will you all wake up and learn that the way we have prepared and played opponents since the 1980s is not working? Times have changed, dot, dot, dot. Yikes. Ouchie. Not wrong. The most troubling thing I saw on Saturday, West Virginia knew every audible. They changed their defense with every audible. Mm -hmm. And as Marcus Watts will say over and over, none of that has changed. Come on, man. Really? You're not good enough to line up and beat people. I know that's the dream that you can just run your crap and you can blow people off the ball, but you're not able to do that. So do something else. I mean, I hate to break it to Reed and, and Monica. Monica's the one that asked that one, right? Yeah, yeah. Monica. They're not going to change. <laughs> it's been 27 years. It's 2018 now, and they haven't changed. They're not going to change. Coach, is it does not like to change. I mean, the fact that he at one time said that the former Veneer football complex was, quote, the best football complex in the United States tells you that he's just adverse to any kind of change because what they have now is so much better. It's just less convenient for him and the, maybe the players. You can't just step out of your office and go to an office and go to a meeting. And But it's infinitely better for preparing a football team and for recruiting it just is insane. Nothing can change. And that wasn't true of Bill Snyder the first time around. He changed his entire offense to fit the skill set of Michael Bishop. And now he is making all of his players do the same offense instead of altering anything. It's crazy. You know, we do have a former player who's our football analyst, so... He's out on the road because his new job uh, makes him uh, travel a lot. But Marcus Watts, you're on the phone with us. Uh, you read Reed Nivar's tweet, and I think you have a little bit different take on it. What do you think? 
I'm not sure what to make of Reed's tweet. I'm not for sure what he's talking about. I don't know if he's talking about the way they actually play the game, like trying to run the ball and manage the clock, or if he's talking about they prepare so hard that they're tired before Saturdays. I don't know. Um, As a former player, I don't believe in any of that stuff. You know, you're a 20-year-old man, 20-year-old college student. You have more energy than anybody. Um, So to say that you're tired when it comes to Saturdays or – um, you know, to say you're worn out, I just don't believe. Um, and then when it comes to the spreading out of the offense and throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game, um, you know, that's just not how Coach Schneider does things. And I don't think that's a way to be successful anyway because let's see here. Um, Alabama doesn't do that um, very much. <laughs> um, even Clemson doesn't even do that very much. And, you know, they've won the national championship the last couple of years, you know, so – I, I don't understand it. K-State won a Big 12 championship doing exactly what they're doing today. It's just right now their offense is terrible. They just are out of sync. They don't know what to do. They don't have an identity. So it, it remains to be seen, but I, I don't understand Reed's tweet at all. Thanks, Marcus. We will talk to you when we record the pregame podcast, and onward we go with the weekly podcast. Back to Zach. Also from Monica, how much of our current struggles are recruiting-related? I mean, a lot of them. them. You can argue all you want at the end of the day, you know, oh, I'm so happy we have Bill Snyder and his staff that develop these underrated kids, and and that's true. Jordy Nelson, Darren Sproles, I mean, you got the examples. You got the proof to speak on, but also, and I'm someone's going to be probably upset, Let's say K-State had been a 12-0 team last year and had won the Big 12 championship, and they go to the college football playoff alongside Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson. That was a team other than Oklahoma. They get boat raced by all three of those teams on pure talent alone. Look, the 1998 team could line up with anyone. Because they had dudes. They had dudes. The 2003, by the time they got their stuff together and got over their injuries, they had dudes. You go back and look at the Big 12 championship game, some serious freaking players on that field. But like 2012, I still think they win the championship in 2012 if they play in it. But that's because they played Notre Dame. That was an overrated Notre Dame team. That was just one of those years but where – had they of... played Oregon or Alabama that right. year, they get killed. So I'm not distressed they lined up with Mississippi State and looked outmanned. I expect that from the SEC. We know what goes on in the SEC. One, it's the most fertile recruiting ground in the United States. And two, they all cheat. They they just can't even deny it. They all do at some level. And it's a cash cow, so everyone lets them get away with it. And it's BS. But even if they didn't cheat, they would probably have better players. There's just more guys in the South playing year-round, compact, you know, recruiting area. And the way, if you look at the SEC, a lot of those teams, their fans only have traveled like more than three or four hours to go to almost every game. You know, it's just crazy how compact it is down there. I get that. But when I see them line up with West Virginia and they're out duded, is that a good way to put outmanned. it? Outmanned. I like out duded. Okay. I'm, that bugs me, guys. I'll, I'll take it from Texas. I get it. That's Texas. They get dudes. Oklahoma, maybe. West Virginia? You're outmanned noticeably by West Virginia? A West Virginia team that three years ago you outmanned? I mean, honestly? 
Man, something's going on. From Cliff Clavin, 754, do losses bother Coach Snyder any more, or does he go into games just looking to see if some little improvement here or there has taken place? Well, I think he was bothered Saturday. He was bothered. I mean, he kind of lost his school in postgame with that six, can't move the ball six inches comment. Yeah, and that's what you wanted to see, but also, you know, when he comes to the Mississippi State postgame press conference and says the things he liked today, I'm sorry, that's not an answer you give in a 31 to 10 blowout. He, you don't he, talk about. He doesn't that. have the same critical eye that he used to. I mean, he used to find a lot of fault in victory. I mean, what's and the famous line that he compared the '98 loss to losing a family member? Right. And now he's talking about the little, the nice things they did. They got a little bit better today. I mean, it's just kind of the change that he's had over the years. The problem with 2018 is a little bit better ain't going to get him much. Mm-hmm. They got to get a lot of it better. From Canelio, I get people want Bill to retire. I'm in that camp as well. He's had his time here. Do you see or feel that fan apathy in terms of fans simply not showing up later on this season would hasten any decision? No, I. Bill's going to do what Bill Snyder wants to do. And there's a lot of people out there that thinks that think that's fine. We're going to have a real generational meltdown here. There's an older set of fans, older than me, who remember how bad it was for almost all their lives. And he could go do whatever at midfield, and they can offer, and that's fine because they've enjoyed the run. There's the people in the middle who have seen both sides of it, and appreciate K-State football. And I'm I'm painting myself and my generation as the all-knowing because we've seen both sides of it. And we understand what it took to get better, but we also understand that it can be sustained with the right hire. The facilities are better. The tradition is there. The power cat is respected. You can, res- you can recruit to Manhattan, Kansas. I will not accept that as fact. Absolutely not. That's the biggest load of crap. Ever. It is a load of crap. You have direct flights now into the richest recruiting ground in this part of the country, right into DFW, right in the middle of player after player after player that are helping lesser programs become good. And frankly, not to go on a side note, but frankly, if you can't recruit, even if you had to go into Kansas City and drive in, I understand the whole go by KU thing. Right. Recruiting's recruiting, okay? Right. I don't believe that many kids are going to make their decision based on that. I, I, I don't care. That's, if, that's a side note. If, if you're a football player, you want to go past yeah. Lawrence. And, and then there's the younger generation who doesn't get it, doesn't get the context. And honest to God, they're a little bit spoiled. And if it's not, if it's going to be six wins, that's not good enough. And that's a little troubling to me, too. So, like I said, I'm painting my generation as the all-knowing. The fact that there's open seats in the student section for Mississippi State bugs the hell out of me. I mean, for years, we begged to get someone like Mississippi State to come in, and now it's not even worth going to. Eh, come on. Come on. But I'll kind of play. But there is apathy. Times have changed. I just sat in front of a 52-inch screen. I think it is. I don't know what my TV is. 51, 52, 53. It's big. It's big. I mean, if you're counting by the inch at that point. Yeah. Does one inch really matter? Yeah, it's all the same. Hey, and I was in my recliner, and I had uh, snacks. No halftime ice cream. We didn't either. Oh, man. But I get it, man. It was nice. 
Now, I feel like as someone who's been in the press box and I'm spoiled by that, I felt like I missed stuff. But I get it. But I'll argue a little bit. I'll fight for my generation a Go little for bit. It. Where you say that, unless I, misheard, unless I misunderstood what you were saying, that, that people my age complain about six wins and that's not enough. I like that. Six wins shouldn't be. Yes, it's fine. You go to a bowl game. But if K-State finishes this year 6-6, six and six, are we really going to be happy? No, I, I, I get that. But it's almost like they almost treat it like that's just I mean, I think that should be ten. the expectation, bare minimum expectation. Right. And I consider, I consider 2015 a failure. Yeah. They, they were 6-6, six and six, got embarrassed in a bowl game that they really shouldn't have been in. But – you had open seats the second game of the season. That is, that's, yes, that's troubling. So I, I don't know. I, we're into a generational thing, but I'm going to say this. Nobody's going to tell Bill to retire. He's got to come to this decision on his own because Gene Taylor can walk into his office and say, Bill, don't you think it'd be best to retire? And it doesn't matter what he said. If Bill doesn't want to do something, if you don't know this yet, folks, as a K-State fan, Bill Snyder ain't going to do it. He just is not. He's just not going to do it. And I don't know if he's holding out for Sean or if he's holding out for himself or he doesn't want to retire. I don't know what the reason is at this point, but he's going to retire when he wants to. And if it comes after back-to-back non-bowl seasons again, maybe that's what it is. But I don't want to see him do that, but... He's not. He he doesn't. He's not going to quit. He's just. He's because quitting is quitting to him. Never give up. From T and Cat, will Gene Taylor have to have a discussion with Bill regarding what's best in the best interest of the program, or will Bill make that decision on his own <laughs> and announce his retirement at the end of the season? You're Thanks, well, Fitz. You're welcome for the answer. Uh, yeah, I mean, he will. He'll go in there and talk to him. He talks to all of his coaches, and but but the only time he's ever going to go in and say, Bill, don't you think? You know, the only time he'd say that is if, you know, they went bullless for three straight years and Bill said, I'm going to keep going. I don't see you, you know. That, that's when those discussions would start to if take place. If this team goes 2-10 and 10 and loses to Kansas, yeah, he goes in and has that discussion. Right. 3-9, and nine, beats Kansas, maybe he has that discussion. Are we putting the bar of expectation to beat Kansas? Riley, the team I'm seeing right now, that is a real concern. No, I understand that. What I'm saying is, are we really is is only beating Kansas what's going to cause Gene Taylor to either do or don't march into Bill Snyder's office? I think so because it just means it's absolutely bottomed out. And I mean, I'd argue that three nine beating Kansas is just as equal to two and ten losing to Kansas. I, w- I would feel that way too. I'd feel four wins, five wins, a reason to say, Coach. Because this wasn't the year that this was supposed to happen. Yeah. That's the problem here. He's being measured against the expectations that fans had coming into the season. Yeah, D.J. Reed and Byron Pringle left early for the NFL, and Winston Dimmel transferred to play for his dad or an SEC school. I'm not sure which. Um, but uh, fans still thought this was going to be a 8-win team, 9-win team. You saw it out there. And why not? I thought they'd win seven, eight games. I thought they could compete with Mississippi State. Then the season started, and I thought, no way this team can compete. But they should be able to compete with West Virginia. Should be able to compete with Texas and Oklahoma State. We'll see. 
from Junker Cat. Are there still people that don't think it's time for Coach to hang it up? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There, well, abso- there, there are people out there who will ride to the very end with Coach. And, and I, I'm not there yet. I mean, I'm not to the point standing here right this second definitively where I say he needs to retire. I mean, but let me it's tell you, getting there. Those fans are also this way. They will say coach can retire whenever he wants to retire, but then in the middle of November when it's a little bit cold and they got something else on their schedule, they're not going to go to the game. Mm-hmm. But they would if it was a nine-win team. Right. But coach can retire whenever he wants to. See, it's a folks, it's a business. No matter how you want to look at it, the health and well-being of the football program is essential to the health and well-being of the athletic department at Kansas State. This is what they lean on. This is what it's all about. And I'd argue the university to an extent. Exactly. I mean, attendance at K-State has peaked on, because of football. It's the front porch to your, to your university house. And the front porch has been pretty attractive, less attractive. Maybe there's other factors in there, tuition and all that stuff. But enrollment's dipped. I I just look at this from athletics, though. you got to be healthy in football if you're Kansas State for multiple reasons. One, it pays the bills. Two, you don't want to be in a downtrend next time realignment hits. No. From Monica, looking back in Snyder 2.0, if you could have picked a time for Bill to retire again, when would you have picked? Either 2012, you know, well... 2012, except for how bad that Fiesta Bowl was. Um, I want to say 2014. You can go nine and four, but it kind of ended a little bit sour. I don't know. There hasn't been like a great time to call it quits. You know. I I honestly thought he Last would do year. five years. I thought 13 would be it. That's when I started predicting he was going to step aside. But here we are. Here we are, year 10 of it. Probably the Texas Bowl. That was a great bowl game. That was a solid team. Yeah. Then, last year. I agree with 2012 or 2014, though. I don't know. I, Riding off into the sunset on a Big 12 championship would have been pretty ideal. good. That would have been ideal. But he's got himself in a catch-22 here. Why leave then when you're good? Yeah. But he doesn't want to leave when they're bad. That's the thing. He's he's determined to hand it off in better shape than he did last time, and yet when the program's in better shape, he doesn't want to hand it off because he wants to coach the team. He keeps thinking he's going to get that last chance at a national championship. So if they go four and eight this season, I don't want to hand it off to the net. That's not that's the same thing I did last time. That's he's got himself in a little circle of logic here that is, is only going to end badly, unfortunately. From MBCAT, where do the big donors stand? Are they ready for a coaching change like most of the fans? So tough. To well, there's some big donors that uh, I haven't really talked to. There's some newer big donors that I don't really have. I'm from, I know them, but we don't BS about stuff. But other donors, yeah, they're ready. Yeah, and they're ready for whomever. They want to have a full search. But there are some out there. You know, I know. 
one or two people that I'm thinking of off the top of my head here who have literally said they're they're in that camp of coach gets to go when coach wants to go. Right. And I'm I can't say that these people are top of the food chain donors, but they're also not low. So it everybody's going to be different, I guess, because every donor is going to have their own approach to it. Four wins might knock some of those people off the yeah the forgiving whenever he wants to go fence. Last question of the second half from Garcat one two seven six one: Will we salvage this season with at least a winning record? Back to this, got to win two of the next three. Oh, I want to say yes, but I can't confidently say it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they'll get Baylor. I think, and, and I. I was confident, you know, the ones I feel good about, Baylor, Kansas, and right now Iowa State's probably a better chance to win Iowa State now than it was at the start of the year. Iowa State's so up and down. I watched them play against Oklahoma thought, hey, they're they're all right. But then Oklahoma, I I know Army's an outlier and it's a weird offense and they do it, but maybe Oklahoma's not good. Maybe UCLA's awful. They beat an awful UCLA team. Yeah, so, you know, maybe. I mean, gun to my head? No. No way. Well, winning record? Yeah. That means seven wins. Yeah. <laughs> that means no. you have to win two of these next three. That, that means stealing one of those Oklahoma TCU yeah, games. You could win You could win two of the next three and then win your last three with Tech and I was in Kansas and get to seven oh, wins. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. But you're right. That doesn't leave you much room for error. Like that Oklahoma State game before the year was a win. I, I was confident they were going to win that game. Now I'd be shocked if they won that game. I I look at it this way. You can always beat Texas because Texas opens the door for that. They, I mean, they just have a history for that. Whether they're good or bad, they, they just have a history of taking games off. But I don't see K-State beating Texas right now. I just don't see it. I don't think this program's healthy enough, and I think Texas feels really good about themselves. Will I be stunned if K-State wins? No, but I'll just say that I think Texas is going to win. And by double digits on Saturday. That's just my early prediction. But can they win at Baylor? Yeah. Can they beat Oklahoma State in Manhattan? Yeah. Can they beat Tech and Kansas in Manhattan? Yeah. Can they win at Iowa State at the end of the season? Yeah. Those are all very winnable games, even for a team that's struggling like this team is. They can get a little bit better, and I feel like win those five games. Now, win them all? Eh, who knows? So it's out there. It's tangible. But if they get smacked again on Saturday, they haven't just lost two. They've lost two. Like, at halftime, you know it's over. That's not Bill Snyder football. That Those are rarities. Those are outliers. Those happen, but not very often. But these these are happening, and they're happening because this is not a good football team. Period. It's not about getting a little bit better every day right now. They better have a leap forward to start making some progress here. And they're capable of it, but they're also beaten up at some key positions. And, again, it gets back to the recruiting, and they don't have any depth. And yikes. Hey, that's a positive note to end on. Don't, don't worry. The overtime, we get to have a little bit of fun in the uh, overtime. Good. We could use it. We've had two very sad segments. Well, look, I, I'm i going to tell you 
what I believe. If you want someone to sugarcoat it, you come to the wrong guy. You know? I, when times are good, I say times are good. Times are bad. It's time to look inward. And I'm not calling for Bill Snyder to be fired, retire. I want the season to play out. Yeah. Let's stop saying, well, it's time he goes. The loss of West Virginia, he's got to go. Well, there's eight more games this season. Let's see what happens. Let's get down that road a little bit before we decide about the future. Yeah. It's going to happen sooner or later. It's going to happen at some point. Let's hope he doesn't tarnish how he's remembered in the long term. The gang will return with more of the Power Camp Podcast. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Auto-correct your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. Back to Fitz on the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We bring the Power Camp Podcast to a conclusion with the overtime. And boy, do we need to have a little lighter. Man, I've been ranting, I've been raving, I've been laying it on the line, I've been telling it all. If you don't like the truth, then I hope you turned it off, because I went all Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. You can't handle the truth. Hey, uh, the truth is we're brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor and they're fan-freaking-tastic, man. Get into the fridge and say hi to Kevin and the whole gang. When you come to town, whether you go to Aggieville or the stadium, whatever, uh, find time to stop in the fridge. If you've never been to the fridge before, it's not. this is not a mom-and-pop liquor store. This is, this is a big-time business. Right, actually, but it yeah. is a mom and pop, though? Yeah, it is owned by Kevin and his wife, yeah. I need to get in there, actually. Wow. I think mom and pop, though, is like, you know, quaint and small. This is big-time stuff. So get into the fridge, and, and this segment's brought to you by the high-low. And I, I st- we stopped in the high-low also on Friday night. Say hi to everyone. And it's just a happy place, man. I had to go in the high-low, and I get, just get a good vibe in there. I went in on Friday. Had lunch. Yeah, you know, I I think right now I could really use a slice, some pepperoni rolls, and a little Milwaukee roulette. Oh, this yeah. Friday or last Friday? Last I mean, because like, we were gone on we were Friday. Gone. It wasn't Friday. 
So you are a liar. It was Thursday. I apologize. Because it was National Pepperoni Pizza Day. What? Yeah. They had a national day for something? Yeah, so I got... Well, not them. Well, like... <laughs> the world. Like, did No, we, no, not the world. National. Did we vote on national. this? Uh, I feel like I should have had I just know I was at the gym, and national. I got on Twitter, and it said National Pepperoni Pizza Day. And I was like, well, it's a good thing I'm at the gym right yeah. now. So we went down. I texted my roommate. I was like, you want to go to Hilo? He's like, yeah. So we went down there. I had pepperoni pizza and Boulevard wheat. He had pepperoni and something else. And I said... I said, you should play Milwaukee Roulette. And he's like, what's that? And he said, said a word in there I probably shouldn't say on a podcast. What is that? But uh, I, I told him what the game was. What the gosh darn is that? Yeah. Okay. And uh, so he said, all right, do that. So he did it. And the girl comes back, brings him an old Milwaukee. He got old Milwaukee. She goes, I'm sorry. And he goes, sorry? Are you kidding me? He loves that stuff. <laughs> loves uh, it. So he well, was anyhow. Happy. They're, I'm happy for him. I'm very, I'm, I'm overjoyed for Big him. Big day. But yeah, I, after this podcast, I might want to just go into the high low and just soak it. I actually, I think I just want to like order a whole pizza, let it cool down a little bit, and then just put my face in it and cry. Just what? Sum up K State football. First question is from Powercat Ryan. Fitz, I'm sure you would have much rather attended the game in Morgantown, but wasn't it nice to shut off the game when it was over and already be home? No no depressing hotel rooms or travel issues, just a quick click of the remote to watch another game and enjoy the Chiefs' noon kick on Sunday. yes, it was nice. (laughs) Yeah, now you know what I've been experiencing for the last three years and how pissed I was when I found out you were... Hell yes, it was nice. I, and you know what? I, I went to the Tuesday press conference, and it's really not about – I'm having problems managing my energy levels. And and even home games, man, I get tired at the end of those things. Um, like, not just like, oh, I need a nap. Like, I'm falling into a coma. That kind of tired. So today at the press conference, I'm like, I feel really good. I feel – and I'm like, oh, because I basically had the weekend off. I didn't travel, didn't go sit in the press box for four or five hours or whatever it is. We were there. So, yeah, it did. It was nice. It, and it's going to help me get through this week, and and I need that. I need The Longhorns are coming to town. The, the eyes of Texas are upon you. Did they bring the uh, glorified cow? No. Wait, what? No. I mean, I think they should. I think they should just bring the. It's not a cow, okay? It's a. It, they can't bring a live animal in there. I would love it. I don't. No, I don't think you can bring your live animals when you go on the road. I would have my buddy Garth Gardner slaughter that thing and serve steaks. <laughs> Did Colorado ever bring Ralphie? No, there's no way they brought a buffalo into this stadium. <laughs> no, I, I. Yeah, I. Have that you old, seen the videos of that thing getting loose? That old Bevo uh, looked like. Walking beef jerky. Yeah. <laughs> this Bevo kind of looks delicious. Let's call up Garth. Got a younger Bevo. I bet you, you know? Garth could bring us a Bevo. I just want Matthew McConaughey to come. <laughs> he's on the man crush list. All right, all right. Yeah. I'm good to see you, man. But you bought a Dodge Durango. Mm. Well, instead of a I, Lincoln. I'm, I'm not into the... Uh, Lincoln class yet of 
of purchasing. Oh. They they like Yet. their cars a lot. Yet. Like, <laughs> like he's gonna get there. Exactly. I'm I'm an optimist. One day when Fitz sells the company <laughs> for a dollar fifty and some <laughs> Doritos. <laughs> Uh, next question. This is from, regrettably, Parker Gates. What a jerk. Which of these coaches would question. turn the K-State program around? Here we go. Jimmy McGinty from the replacements, Nate Scarborough from the longest yard, Bud Kilmer from Varsity Blues, or Coach Klein from the water boy? I think it's a good question. Then you can answer it. Wow. I don't, I, seriously. I don't, I don't know any of these. I don't, no, I don't remember these characters. I watched these movies and I you, did you not watch any of these movies? I'd take the guy from the, Friday Night. No, Lights. I've not watched any of these, and he you wasn't uncultured. Even, he swine. wasn't even an option. You uncultured swine. Well, I thought he was. No. Well, the point is that like, the, outside of the Varsity Blues one, these are all and Varsity Blues is a funny movie in and of itself. But those coaches are all abnormal coaches. Like they're not. It's not a real football movie. Like they Friday don't sleep and eat like the coach of Kansas State currently has. Yeah, fair enough. I'd probably go with with the one uh, from the replacements because, as we have said many times, K State has a lower talent level. Who, who was that? Gene Hackman. Who was I don't that remember. actor? I can't remember off the top of my head. Who I don't it was? Know. Zach's just being a like a gripe about this situation. Good lord! It's a bad question. It was a bad. I think question. it was a fine question. It was a bad question. I take Gene sorry Hackman to our from listeners. Hoosiers. I take Gene Hackman from Hoosiers to coach one. the football team. That's a good one. Just because measure that goalpost. Exactly it's ten feet. Measure yeah. measure the kicker. He's five feet. I mean, <laughs> right now, right now, the way this team's playing, run the freaking picket fence. Just do it, man. I don't know how it works in football, but do it. Don't get caught watching the paint dry, except that's not actually him from that scene. So, uh, no, <laughs> Three true. passes before you score. That's pretty much how what they're that? doing. <laughs> <laughs> Dalton Schoen throws across the field to Isaiah Zuber. From Solly43, the baseball schedule just came out the other day. How will the baseball team fare under a new head coach? Can they make the conference tournament? <laughs> well... I mean, they're I going so. They only have to take one step up in order to improve. Yeah. There's nine teams to play Big 12 baseball and eight spots. I mean, I think they'll be better, but also, like, you know, I guess, I granted, I, I haven't sat down and evaluated their roster because um, it's freaking September. Um, but I, I think that they'll be more competitive. Um, okay, let me get this right. But it's going to be a. I'm supposed to talk with knowledge about baseball. But tomorrow or today, when I put this podcast up, it's basketball media day. Yeah, kill me. And that's too early. Why is it so freaking early, man? Yeah, somebody wanted to know about baseball, so I thought I'd put it in there. For but I, I don't know. I, I mean, I like have, the I, new coach. I'm hearing good things about the new coach. But it's September. Yeah, there's a lot to be determined. I couldn't tell you one. It's new not, guy that's going to have an impact on this team. They're not going can to win the Big 12. you name one player? Yeah, there's Dirk Nowitzki. What? Oh, can you say baseball player? No, I don't know. <laughs> Just one player in general. <laughs> He's a player. <laughs> he plays. 
from I Like Pickles Cat. I heard about a secret scrimmage with Oregon happening in Bramlage at some point. Has sure. this happened before? These are horrible <laughs> secrets. Apparently, Kellis, like, <laughs> Kellis just casually drops on Twitter that they're going to secret scrimmage Oregon. I'm like, nice scoop, dude. <laughs> Yeah, this is the new thing. Guys, it happens all the time. Yeah. They've been doing it for it's, years. Yeah, You could play two exhibition games, uh, and a number of years ago, I mean, it's been, it goes back to Frank Martin. Right. They allowed you to schedule one closed-door Division One scrimmage. The thing about it is they're not supposed to promote it in any way. They're not supposed to leak stats in any way. They're literally supposed to just play it and not say anything about it, which is so stupid. What I don't understand is this. So clearly someone inside the basketball program or the athletic department or something like that leaked that information to Kellis. Right. So why did they do that? They wanted it out in the press. Why did they want it out in the press? They want the fans to know about it. What's the point of the fans knowing about it? If Kellis can't write a story on the game because we can't go watch it and report on it, you can't buy a ticket to the open or the closed door scrimmage because it's a closed door scrimmage that quote unquote is not happening. What's the point of leaking that information? But then after the game, they'll leak out that so and so scored twenty three points. Yeah, look, this this falls under the same heading as uh, recruiting information. So they can't publicly promote it. You know, you can't publicly talk about recruits. But they can back-channel information. Hey, we're talking to this kid. Hey, we're going to play Oregon. So, yeah, they can't publicly promote it. But but at least there's a benefit for funneling information on recruiting. Yeah, I don't get it either. I don't understand the point of funneling this kind of information. I don't know. Yeah. From Ema Wattberger. Whoa. Oh, yeah, you left out yeah, the Left out the A. Yeah, that sucks. Do you think that the preseason hype for the basketball team is pulling attention away from the football team and keeping fans out of the stands? No. No. People aren't showing – people aren't not showing up to the football games because of how good the basketball team is because in 2015 people were not showing up to the football games and the basketball team was bad. So – Plus, it's not like you're – K-Staters, K-Staters, no matter how good the basketball team is, still will not fully buy into basketball season until football's over. Yeah. That's just the culture. Yeah. I, yes. 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 That's my job. I was trying to think of something to add, but I couldn't. From Freuch 101, what the heck happened with DJ Thorpe? How did we miss? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean – I knew it was going to break when I was on the plane. I literally texted people. I was texting Billy from the SMU site and everything, and I was like, you guys know he's going to commit to K-State when I'm on the plane, right? And what do you know? He committed on the plane, but he did it to Cal. I don't know. I mean, I I developed, or posted some thoughts I had on the situation on the boards when it happened, but I don't understand it. From what I, you know, I'm trying not to hit too much deep info here, but from what I understood, it was down to SMU and K-State. Cal was maybe in there, but SMU was the favorite, and then SMU freaking blew it because Jank decided he needed to go watch somebody else play instead of this kid. Backed out. What I don't understand overall is how you lose a recruit to Cal. I don't get it. He doesn't have ties to Cal. Sure, it's a better academic school, but... I don't want to generalize every player, but to me, kids are committing for basketball. Right. School's second. 
Um, there's some. There's a couple, but, but yeah. I can't really not four star centers. And I, I don't know. Like I, I really don't know how they missed on him, and they've invested everything. It's another one, another kid they invested everything into, and swinging a miss, and now they're further down the list. I'll say this. I mean, I'm the opinion guy, and you're the beat writer. They have painted themselves into a horrible corner right now with recruiting. This isn't a normal class. This is a foundation class. You're losing your last foundation class. This class has got to count. And they've swung and missed on every, virtually every kid they've gone after. I mean, one commitment. Frankly, you cannot look at a single kid that's out there right now and feel confident. No, not after this. Cause that was a sure thing by my thoughts. Yep. There's been multiple ones. And all, all the ones they've missed on, DJ Thorpe, Mario McKinney, etc. That's where they invested their time. Mm-hmm. So you know what they're going to get now? The leftovers. I kind of like leftovers. If it's meatloaf, I'll eat it. Yeah. But if it's a two-star guard, probably not. It's <laughs> an incredible <laughs> analogy. <laughs> that one that one was actually worse than the two-bullet analogy earlier. Huh. Goodness. Yeah. For my, like, pickles cat, how do you decide what to ask in a press conference? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, kind of depends on what you're writing. Right. We don't just ask questions. Some people go just, to press conferences and they just ask to ask. To hear their own voice and yeah. be able to say they interact with the coach. That drives everyone. That drives people crazy. You ask what you're working on or what you need to know or want to know. Um, yeah. I mean, D. Scott asks a lot of questions because that three two one he does every Tuesday is a deep dive. And... By the way, folks, it's up for free content this week. We thought, what the hell? Let's put it up for free and let people see the kind of coverage that we do, the the kind of depth that you really literally won't find anywhere else. So, yeah, he asked a lot of questions. I asked some questions. I really – Coach Snyder gave me the longest non-answer in the history of K-State football. And if you understand the context of that statement, you can appreciate how long that answer was. Did we ever time it? Did you time that answer? Someone on Twitter said it was 641. Yeah, I think it was Mitch from came in. 641? 641. 41 seconds. I personally take that as it was an incredible question that, that needed a lot of thought and introspection. And I take it as thoroughness. Fitz had a pretty good question, and Coach said, wow, look at all the time I can burn with that. That was 20%. 20% of the entire press conference was him just talking. To me. To you. Look, here's the problem with that is uh, when Coach not Coach is great about when he's answering a question from you, he talks to you. I have mild ADD. Trying to stay locked in for six minutes and 41 seconds while coach talked directly to me was really difficult. I wanted to hop on Twitter. Guys, it was awful. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It was, it was long. Uh, if you missed that answer, it will be in the Powercat pregame podcast. And I'm playing the entire quote so you can understand the unbelievable magic that took place 
the man actually spoke for nearly seven minutes and sort of answered the question and yet didn't say a thing of substance. John Wooden invented the four-corner offense in basketball, and it was brilliant. But he's got nothing over Bill Snyder and how he manages the press conference when he wants to run the clock. <laughs> nothing. John it, Wooden would go, yeah, that's pretty good. It, it was amazing. It was unbelievable. But getting back to the question. <sighs> yeah, we uh, – the, there used to be a young journalist – that would attend press conference. That would ask questions, just to ask questions. And I finally said, "Are are you using these answers?" No, I just want to ask the questions. And I'm like, "Well, there's people in here that have questions. We get a half hour with Coach every week. That's it. That's all we get. And there's people in this room that have questions that they want to ask for something they're actually working on. Now, if we get to 25 minutes into the press conference and Kenny says, "Any more questions?" and everyone hesitates, ask your stupid question right there. Yeah. There, there's time. There's extra time. Everyone's got what they need. But don't burn our clock. Because Coach likes to burn our clock. So don't participate in this if you don't really need the answer you're going after. Maybe that's the grumpy old sports writer in me. But, well, man, we got to manage, manage our opportunities with players and coach. For us, every opportunity, we don't leave early. If there's still players to come, one of us will stay. You just never know. you got to stick it out. Stay till the end and not bail out the you know the door before your time's up. Every opportunity with the players and coaches are huge. From I Like Pickles Cat, as a not huge golf fan, what does Tiger's win mean to you? I'm not a huge golf fan. Guys. But it's big. I was hype on Sunday. I was so happy. You can <laughs> the just... Cowboys were getting their ass kicked, but Tiger Woods was winning a golf tournament. It's so good for the sport. Oh, it was incredible. It was a tournament that literally didn't mean much at all. And you know that because the only people that were watching it were true golf fans. But did you see thousands of people running up, running up the 18th fairway trying to watch this happen? Nobody has an impact on sports like that. Nobody, nobody impacts their sport like Tiger's import. He he literally changes the whole. And, and there's some great young golfers. There's it's not like they're lacking stars. It's not like they're lacking storylines. But there's just something magical about Tiger. And I and I finally grasped it recently when he was in contention, and I actually turned it on. And I'm like, I never watch golf, and look what I'm doing. Duh, it's. He's an, he's an incredible. He he was so dominant when he was great. He's dropped off so dramatically. It really is good to see him back playing good golf, and it's really good for the sport. And now put it in the context of all these young golfers that can really play. This is going to be yeah. fun. This is fun. To me, I mean, when he fell off, he was at the peak. He was at the best, and then you know he fell off for a bit, and then you had all these new golfers come in like Jordan mm-hmm. Spieth, you know, etc. You have all these young golfers, and now Tiger, who struggled and struggled and struggled and couldn't ever That's great. be healthy enough to play with these guys. Now he's back, and now we get to see him compete against, honestly, the best that golf has ever been. Now, Tiger yeah. fans can be over the top, too. The dude's doing the snow angels in the bunker. Did you see the video of that? Tiger? No, one of, a fan. fan. Oh, <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Laying in a bunker doing a snow angel. Take that guy see. out and shoot him and bury him underneath <laughs> the bunker. Come on. A little decorum on the golf course, just a little bit. But, I mean, just picture this. 
I'm not predicting this by any means, but who's to say Tiger doesn't go to Augusta in 2019 and play his way into the second to last or the last group, and he's fighting for the green jacket with Rory, not Rory, with, like, Jordan, because Rory won't be there. Jordan and, like... Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, just to see him battling some of these guys would be incredible. And, like... I don't know. I, I think it's incredible the fact that he almost won the FedEx Cup this year without winning a, t- without nearly without winning a tournament. Right. That blows my mind. I mean, there was a point where he was he was going to win he it. He was he was the le- he was if the results held he was the win- he was the leader of the FedEx Cup. It blows my mind, and I'm so happy because we're going to get I think at least ten more years of Tiger. Maybe not this level of Tiger, but enough to compete, enough to be in majors, and every now and then peek his head in i mean he's only gonna be he's only 42 right now right he's gonna be 52 By i mean champions 50, tour is I mean, 50 but like right think about tom watson he was playing majors up until a couple years ago well he was contending in majors every now and then but he was also shooting eight over on a day or something like that i mean maybe you know? i mean there was what six seven years ago where he was either in the final group or in a playoff at the british open or yeah i, I think what, what we're was, saying but. here is Hey, Denny waitresses and hostesses, you're not safe, baby. Tiger's back! <laughs> hey, waitresses at the bank, he's ready to make a deposit! Wow! Wow! Uh, is that too far? Waitresses at the bank? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Hi, a, sir, how can I help you? No, that's a, that's a Vegas club where he dated a waitress. Oh, I didn't bank. know that. Yeah. Oh. That's pretty plugged into things like that. Well, I've been to the bank at Bellagio. Doesn't follow golf, but he knows everywhere that Tiger slept with a woman. I've been to the bank at Bellagio twice. And when I heard Tiger was with a waitress, I'm like, well, I've seen the waitresses. Then I saw the waitress, and I'm like, did you pick the worst one? I mean, really, Tiger? Tiger's Tiger's always been socially awkward. He's always, I mean, he's openly admitted to that. And, like, people have said he is. Tiger. He was a secluded could, person could, as a child. Like, he never knew how to make friends or talk to women. He on himself and not make words, and women would love him. He's he was also tiger. bald at age 30. <laughs> That's not any... Bald-ing. It's fine. He's Tiger. That was Tiger. <laughs> Roar. From Adam K 63 as secretive as Coach Snyder is about injuries, are you surprised that K-State doesn't have an injury pop-up tent yet? Yeah. Yes. It blows my mind. Every team, every team on the other sideline brings a tent. Full circle? That would be changing. Yeah. That would yeah. be changing yeah. his ways. But hey, no, why, hold up those Gatorade towels. Yeah. Or whatever the stupid Jake Waters tin is that oh they have. Oh, my God. Can we please get rid of that? Did they have that? I wasn't paying that close attention yes. on Saturday. Did they have it at West Virginia? Yeah. Oh, at West Virginia. Sorry. I don't think I didn't, they had it. I didn't look that close at West Virginia, honestly. Can but we the, please get rid of that thing? Skyler can't see the plays, for God's sake. But they do have play cards with the pictures on them. Saturdays and the boys. But I don't that, think Coach had any input on that. I think Andre wanted that because it is kind of cool. The Picture the Jake Water? Oh, yeah, yeah that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Cortez, Tiger Woods reading a putt. A couple Saturdays are for the boys. Yeah. That was interesting, yeah. Okay. Uh, last question of overtime from <sighs> Who for KSU. If you could have a date with one famous female, who would it be? Holly Berry. This podcast is over. <laughs> wow, that was quick. 
We just had, speaking of Friday night when I was out with the wife and the uh, sister-in-law, the, the, the list of five came up. Who's on your list? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. She's the perpetual one. Who'd you say? List. Who's your list? Uh, Holly Berry, Jennifer Aniston, Pink. Of course. <laughs> uh, he looks at me like, duh. Uh, I'm t- Rachel McAdams. And then uh, the other one is kind of so-so, uh, but I finally went with Scarlett Johansson. How's Jennifer Aniston on your list? Is, how is she? How is she not? I said Jennifer you Aniston. You did? Yeah. Oh. It's number two. I'm sorry. I'd... Yeah. And what's amazing about her is when she was on Friends, she wouldn't have been on my list. It's like... It's like she's gotten hotter as yeah. she's aged. And I'd like to point out that for the most part, uh, maybe Pink's the youngest on there. That's an age-appropriate list for me. It really is. Good for you, Fitz. Yeah. Holly Berry's always on my list. That's... I would take Anna Kendrick on a date. You know how fun that would be? Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, that would and be And she's hot. so awkward. That's I, That'd be funny, though. It'd uh, be fun. That that makes her hotter. Yeah, I agree. Her character in the Pitch Perfect movies is, like, great. That's her. Who I'd else? take Taylor Swift. Oh, That's God. who I'd go on a date with. Yeah. Get a song written about you. Live on forever, <laughs> baby. Fair enough. True. Live on forever. Oh, Zach. Any other girl you ever meet, she's like, oh, I love Taylor Swift. I love this song. You want to know who that song's about? Me. Me. My answer is Holly Berry. You're Taylor Swift and you're Anna Kendrick? Yeah. That's what we're going with. That's Yeah. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Huh. Okay. I like it. It's fine. It's, it's interesting uh, generational picks right there. Yeah. And I feel like I'm going to compliment you two. I feel like... You could do this. I, I didn't over. I didn't. I you know. I feel like in the right setting, in the right mojo, you got a shot, boys. <laughs> so you're telling me deserted island, no, no one else is there. No, here's what I'm thinking. Die there. Here's what I'm thinking. Uh, randomly in a deli in New York for Taylor Swift, and you give her a little deli advice, get the pastrami, whatever, and you just start talking, and next thing you know, you're back at the Ritz Carlton doing. Tapping a microphone? I don't know what that was. And then you, you, uh, uh, you're playing uh, slots in Vegas. And you just sit down and look, well, hey, Anna Kendrick, loved you in Pitch Perfect. And next thing you know, you're upstairs in the Bellagio. Me. I meet Holly Berry and she goes, oh, nice to meet you and walks off. Yeah, Yeah, that's going to do it for the podcast. I'm depressed. I'm depressed. I'm done. This, the overtime was supposed to make me feel better, and we came full circle on this thing, and here I am. Kansas State, Texas, 2.30 on Saturday. Get to Aggieville before, after. I love 2.30 kicks. They're so good for local businesses. Enjoy the town. It's going to be nice weather, we think, unless it changes. Because that's how weathermen do their job. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. Unless everything changes, then it won't be. Film at 11. We'll talk to you next week. And, of course, we'll have the pregame podcast up on GoPowerCat.com. Also free on Friday. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.